Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn. Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon. I got to remember what day of the week it is. It's a Thursday afternoon right here on the Horn. Uh, we will be talking some Big 12 football, and we'll talk Texas football. Look, you guys on the text line, 512-447-3776. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. If you guys want to talk Texas football, send in what you want to talk about, we'll talk about it. It's a bye week. We have a lot to talk about in Texas football, so we're going to talk about another game that's happening tonight in Big 12. We'll talk some Big 12 football. We'll talk some uh, Thursday night football. We will talk a little, uh, maybe a little NBA, little NBA news in there. We'll we'll uh, give you some stuff previewing Texas, uh, Houston. We'll talk about that because Houston is in action tonight. Uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the NFL trade deadline is looming. Talk about some of those teams uh, and getting you off early. Six forty five. Uh, to Vandergrift football on a Thursday night lights game and uh, game on Thursday. So we'll be off at 645 for Vandergrift P game against Round Rock happening uh, tonight. Uh, that'll be a good Thursday night game. Lots of good Thursday night games to check out. Uh, we finally, we got the, we'll start off by saying we got the, uh, the series, the series I've been hoping for, for basically all of the baseball season. Once we figure out the Rangers, we're going to be good. And they were sticking to it after the All-Star break. He said, man, I really would love to see an ALCS, not just a DA, ALDS, a seven-game series, ALCS, between the Astros and the Rangers. Last night, Astros get their part. Rangers already swept the Orioles and got to their part. So we get Astros-Rangers. And if you missed the uh, Verlander postgame, the, the locker room speech, Dusty Baker, they said for Dusty to give a speech, and he says, I'm giving the World Series speech. So he said for Dusty for for Verlander to give one. Uh, I have had to censor this. I've had to censor this. Here's Verlander on uh, cheering on or, or speeching speaking to the Astros after that win. Boys, this is uh, this is one of those seasons, you know. Nothing went our f- way early. We battled through injuries. Yeah. Um, we f- grinded. I wasn't even f- here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be back. Yeah. The seventh. Time, seven time. All right. Don't look that. Don't take that for granted. On seven, everybody pop these motherfuckers. <laughs> 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 
That was great. That was uncensored on Fox, by the way. So they were having to apologize a little bit after that. My favorite part is that Fox censored it after he finished it. And then, like, when he starts to count, he says on seven, they go one, and they censor two is what they censored on Fox. So maybe a little miss there. Someone else was celebrating the win or or, or mourning the loss and uh, not paying attention on that one uh, for the Astros. But we will get Astros Rangers. The series will start uh, Sunday will be the series uh, game one. I believe it's a 7-15 tip. I'm not sure what pregame will be on our stations, but we'll tell you that when we know that. But uh, I believe it is a 7-15 first pitch for the Rangers taking on the Astros in Houston uh, on Sunday night. So you'll be able to watch that. And then Monday, Monday we have the Astros are on. It is a, The Astros and Rangers, I believe, is a 3-37 first pitch. So it'll be a day game, which means we may preempt uh, the sports complex on Monday, but I'm trying to work out. We're seeing if we can work something out. We're, people are working in the station right now to see if we can get a watch party going since there's Astros fans and Rangers fans, and it's an awesome thing for these two teams to be playing each other. Uh, I figure, you know, I said maybe if we're going to be off because it's a day game, uh, we'll go out and have a watch party. And then reminder that Monday Night Football is the Cowboys. So, uh, you know, another big game, a big game for, for people from the DFW. A big day on Monday because you got to see if those the Cowboys respond and they're able to come back out. Uh, but let's get to some action. Remember, text line is open, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line if you want to talk some Texas uh, football. We're going to talk a little bit of Big 12 to get started off. If you have anything about Texas you want to talk about, we can get to that. My man, Victor, uh, the voice of Nelson Field, brings up a good point that Texas – uh, does still have the opportunity. If they win out, they could be playing an undefeated Oklahoma if, if Oklahoma gets there. You would assume uh, if Oklahoma plays, they play West Virginia, so they would have to beat West Virginia, which means they would have one loss. West Virginia also plays tonight. They could lose tonight. They could lose at any point, right? There's a lot of one-loss teams in, te- in in the Big 12 right now because we're just so early into the Big 12 schedule. And once you get in the multi-team tiebreakers, it gets a little bit more convoluted. But I believe basically the fact that Texas beat Alabama in non-conference and they're undefeated in non-conference – is a help in it if you get really far down uh, the polls and like really far down where it goes. Uh, but at the end of the day, you would prefer everybody else get at least two losses. <laughs> Texas went out, and then we don't have to deal with any of this. Uh, which would, you know, that's the thing we'll talk about tonight with the West Virginia and Houston. Uh, Victor, voice of Nelson Field, says. Hey, Patrick, here's a scenario that may stop in Texas wins out, meets an undefeated Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship, beat Oklahoma. Does Oklahoma and Texas both go to the playoffs? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Uh, the main reason they wouldn't, and now they may if there's not, if the SEC eats itself or if the Pac-12 eats itself uh, and the Big 10 eats itself, but I think they would rather have Ohio State and Michigan both get in. They would rather Georgia and Alabama or Georgia and somebody – they would rather two SEC teams get in. They would rather two Pac-12 teams get in. But if you say USC is going to get in, if USC runs a table, they get in. And if Michigan runs a table like they look like they could do, if Michigan or Ohio State, either one of those teams, so they have to play each other, whoever wins it, that's one team in. If Georgia runs a table, that's another team in. So it would, it would have to be – if you say all three of those things happen, well, there's only four spots – and the fourth spot would could go to Texas because I don't think the ACC is going to have somebody get in there. Uh, we know, you know, Notre Dame's not going to get in right now. Uh, Notre Dame is out. 
of it unless things go terribly wrong for a bunch of other teams. Uh, North Carolina technically could get in, but we assume that they're not going to win out, but they could. I think because of Texas, because of the blue blood, because they did beat Alabama early, that they could get in. Oklahoma could win out and still be on that waiting to find out if if a Michigan goes undefeated and Georgia goes undefeated and USC goes undefeated and then another team like a North Carolina, like then it starts to get a little bit more uh, convoluted but i i you know history would tell you that some of these teams will lose history would tell you that uh but i do believe that if Texas beats Oklahoma whoever wins that game if that game does happen they both win out everybody wins out they go there it is a game for who gets into the big 12 the the conference the big uh, college football playoff. That's my. That would be my assumption. But we'd have to see how everything else works out. But I appreciate the question there, uh, Victor. Uh, and so is it really now the Conference of Champions anymore since we don't play each other? Uh, just kidding. Big Sheezy. Look, we were never the Conference of Champions. You know that. You know we were never the Conference of Champions. Come on. Come on. Conference of Champions. Everybody play. No one else wants to be in it. I Look, I give Brett Yormark credit. Yeah, he is trying to bring it back up. He's been a little silent since all these new teams came in and haven't looked good at all. Uh, but we'll see another one of them tonight. West Virginia takes on Houston tonight at 6 o'clock. So in about a, in 50 minutes, we'll see the kickoff of a big game between West Virginia and Houston, right? So we're going to see a game that does have Big 12 implications, especially for Texas early on, because Texas is going to see this Houston team next week. So it is a if you're a Texas fan, you're watching this game to at least get a scouting report on Houston. We don't play West Virginia, but a scouting report on Houston. West Virginia is the only other undefeated team in the Big 12 uh, besides Oklahoma. So getting them one loss would put them in the group with, what, eight other teams, nine other teams in the Big 12 with one loss. And that'll, you know, sort itself out through the season. But, you you know, if you see that loss and then they have to beat Oklahoma or they're a two-loss team and they're officially out of your window as long as you win out. All those things, you know, we're, it's getting way ahead. You know, we got too far ahead when we talked about the Oklahoma game. We said they're all trap games, all that, right? But West, but we will be watching tonight, West Virginia versus Houston. It's a big game tonight, West Virginia versus Houston. West Virginia is a three-point favorite, which is kind of odd because you would assume West Virginia has looked a little bit better. They've had good matchups. They've actually played the same two Big 12 teams, so you can kind of go one for one, except Garrett Green was hurt in the Texas Tech game, I believe. Uh, he muscled through and, and powered through and got through the uh, TCU game where they win that game. Garrett Green, uh, if you want to see like what he did in the TCU game, he was 10 for 21. He had uh, like 140-something yards passing. Not a great passing game. He's just not – no touchdowns, no interceptions, nothing spectacular passing. But he did have 80 rushing yards and two touchdowns. So he's going to get it done on the ground. Donovan Smith is fourth in passing yards in the Big 12 for Houston. Uh, this Houston defense is pretty – Pretty bad. Uh, it's they're not a it's not a great like this Houston defense is not going to look is not going to be able to stop them too much. I think if you're a Houston defense uh, playing West Virginia tonight, your main goal is to make Garrett Green a passer and to not blitz as much. You don't necessarily want to get a ton of pressure on him. You'd like to make him not be able to run. You'd like to contain him more than put pressure on to Garrett Green tonight. So we'll see if West Virginia is able to at least or uh, uh, Houston is at least able to make Garrett Green a passer because we know he's just not a great passer. He's under 50% passer right now this season. He can run the ball, though, really well, so you don't want to let him sneak out on the outside for you. Uh, as far as West Virginia for Houston, this is West Virginia just has to make sure that they are fully up on a Thursday night game 
when they're a little beat up and they're a little tired that you're playing a Houston team with a coach who really, really wants to beat you. Dana Holgerson would like nothing more than to go and knock and knock West Virginia off their perch of undefeated in the Big 12. We know Dana Holgerson is going after them. So this is a game where you want to see if this is the game, like how Oklahoma came at Texas and they were prepared for it, like Texas came at Alabama and they had prepared over the top for it. Those games where you see it is the biggest game that they're going for. This is for Dana Holgerson, at least, and some of that coaching staff that were at Houston. This is their big game. This is the game where they really want to go. Plus, they're 0-2 in conference play. They, this is a game that they really, really, really need. So if, if Houston's able to have a game plan, if this was the game they've been game planning for, they feel that they know what Neil Brown's doing, and they feel they have the option, and they want to prove that West Virginia's overrated, and that Garrett Green is not the quarterback that they – and they want to go make that impression. That's where you could see a Houston kind of pull the upset tonight. That game's tonight at 6, though. So we're talking about it now. But, it, I mean, it's, this seems like West Virginia's game. Houston just has not looked good at all uh, through their first couple Big 12 games. I, I don't – you know, Donovan Smith is going to have to have a better game. You know, he's throwing the ball pretty well, but that's because they don't have a run game. You're going to have to figure out how to get a run game going against this West Virginia team that has played pretty good defense, has shut down some teams. So I, I, it seems like it's going to be a difficult run for Houston tonight, but we, I think as Texas fans, you're rooting for Houston in tonight's game because we don't play West Virginia. We can't beat them. We're playing Houston next week. That's the game we're going forward to. I'll play some sound from Hook em Up where they are previewing that a little bit more as we play Houston. But there's a game you know, we'll be keeping an eye on. And I know Thursday Night Football is happening as well. We'll be getting into that, uh, but we will be. But that's a little bit where we have to get into. Let's get back to the text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Text line is open. Talking college football playoffs when we can't beat a mediocre uh, Oklahoma. I, I mean, I don't know why you want to be de- like. Yeah, we're going to talk college football playoffs still. You're number nine team in the country. I think anybody in the top ten is going to talk college football playoffs. If we were twenty two, I think it's a little outlandish. But we're number nine in the country still. You know, and and it's not, we don't know if it's a mediocre Oklahoma. We know Dylan Gabriel is now in his Heisman talks. That Dylan Gabriel is now being lauded as one of the better quarterbacks in college football this season. People are saying he's playing better than he's above Drake May, who was a Heisman front runner. It's it's him and Penix and Caleb Williams are are kind of the front runners right now. I think for for the Heisman Trophy. So we want to say that those guys are the Heisman Trophy front runners. I, don't, I wouldn't say that they're a terrible team. I don't know if they're a mediocre Oklahoma team, but I, you know what? They have some good players on it. We should have beat them. Texas should be a top five team. They should have beaten Oklahoma, but I'm not going to say we shouldn't talk college football playoffs when that's kind of still the goal is to win the Big 12 championship. That's still the goal, to win the Big 12 championship. And if you win the Big 12 championship and you, are undefe- and you have a one-loss team that wins the Big 12 championship against an undefeated Oklahoma – then are you just saying the Big 12 does not deserve to have a person in? We shouldn't even talk. Just Big 12, done. It's either a mediocre Oklahoma gets in there or nobody. I think there is. I think you have a, an option there to talk about the college football playoffs. Uh, back on the text line, let's get some rocket stock. The Pat the Pelicans tonight will crotch puncher strike again. Yeah, I don't know if Dylan Brooks is going to come out there and uh, and strike the crotch again. The, the Rockets are going to be fun to watch this year. I don't want to get too far into NBA talk right now. We'll do that a little bit more in the 6 o'clock. I'll get into a little bit more NBA talk uh, 
we got a little bit of news on that uh, because there's a there's a game to to keep an eye on tonight. So you can keep an eye on the Houston game as well. Uh, preseason is fun for these teams, but preseason is for like a Houston team is somewhat misleading because defense doesn't really get played a, like well in the preseason a lot of times. And with Ime Odoka, he wants to have a more defensive team. You know, you get a Dylan Brooks to be defensive, and then he makes a cheap shot and gets blown out of the game. Uh, I, you know, really, you just kind of want to see if Jabari Smith is taking steps forward. I think if Jabari Smith can can be a little bit more assertive with the basketball, if Fred Van Fleet can can merge with Jabari Smith and then keep that going with Jalen Green and get Jalen Green to that next step, you just want to see those young guys take those next steps in their program, and that's that's really what you're watching for. Can those guys look more comfortable playing with each other? Because it seemed like under Silas. The Rockets just it was it was basically there was confident guys on that team and not confident guys and the problem was some of their better players were not the most confident guys. They weren't the guys that you see at the gym who were going to jack up 25 shots and make none of them. By the way, I will tell you, tomorrow morning, be on the lookout on our YouTube page because uh we went out after the morning show and Ty wanted to do one of his challenges and so he challenged me to a game of horse. And my man Jacob Standard will be on the show tomorrow. Film the thing, and uh, I look. I Ty had a lot of confidence. I'll just say I'm telling you about it, so that should tell you how my confidence level is after the event. Uh, but the video will be out tomorrow, so watch that. Uh, and and depending on how Jacob edits it, then maybe I was the best basketball player who's ever lived, or maybe I missed a bunch of shots. We don't know how the edit's going to go. I can't tell you how the edit's going to look. But uh, check that out tomorrow. But I am curious to see how the Rockets look uh, as the season goes on. But I want to see them more in the regular season. Uh, there's not a ton uh, to see what's happening in the like right now, and, and for the Rockets because it, they're just they want to be a more defensive team. Uh, Shingun has looked okay in their first game. Uh, he needs to take a step forward. They have a lot of young talent on that team. Uh, it's just can they play together? And I don't know if preseason we're going to see that too much. Kind of like with the Spurs, you don't you're not going to see too much until you get Wembenyama playing against other starters. The Heat have already said they're pulling out like their their top twelve guys aren't going to play or something. It's the 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 injury report for the for the Heat or who's not playing in the preseason game for the Heat tomorrow on TNT for the Spurs because everyone's too, doing preseason coverage because of Wembenyama. Uh, that that injury report is crazy. All right. We get back to text line, 512-447-3776. You got something you want to talk about there? We'll get to the Big Fat Poll in just a minute. Uh, but 512-447-3776 is the text line. We're going back to you guys today. It's a bye week, so we're a little bit more lax than what we're talking about. Tomorrow we'll get more into the weekend games when I have my man Jacob in here, and we'll start making our picks, and we'll see how bad we did last week or how good we did. Who knows? Uh, but we'll get into more of that uh, tomorrow and kind of and get through our weekend and plan your weekend out for guys who – if you're a Cowboys and a Longhorns fan, then you got no Longhorns on Saturday or Sunday, and you got no Cowboys on Saturday or Sunday. We'll talk a little baseball as well. Uh, if the Philly can, if Philly can close it out tonight, or if the Braves come back and push it to a game five to see who will be in the NLCS. Uh, but I do want to mention the Thursday night football game too. We may talk about this a little bit more in the six o'clock if we have time. Uh, but something just interesting to know and something to look at. And it's a thing that I probably have to dive deeper into. I need to ask my man Rob Babers about this, too, because he's really good at statistical deep dives and kind of figuring this stuff out. I need to talk to him about this, too. But something about Russell Wilson in this, and it's through his career arc, and then it's in the last two years, but especially this year, that if you look, there's a couple different rating systems for how you rate a quarterback. And Russell Wilson 
in two of these that are pretty standard procedure now, uh, passer rating and QBR. Now, QBR is the thing ESPN came up with that they felt passer rating could be misleading because passer rating is kind of a here here's a com- combination of stats. So if we take you know your completion percentage and touchdowns and all of that, we'll put them all together, and that's your passer rating. QBR takes in other factors. QBR takes in, uh, you know, the, the strength of skill, like who you're playing against, and there's a, there's parts of it where it goes into factors of how much you know how much are you doing on the play versus how much other people and the average yard of pass and and you know sacks you take and all these other kind of factors that come into it. Are you really helping your team? And it's basically they fear they figure it's a more uh, correct term of efficiency. So your passer rating can be your overall stats and how well you're doing of you're putting up numbers, whereas your QBR can be considered more, is what they say it is, is more about the efficiency of what you're doing. So if two people clean a house and the house is spotless both times, your passer rating would be the guy who cleaned the house even more spotless. You're like, everything's shining. And the QBR would be the one who got it really clean but got it really clean in half the time because it's just more efficient. You know, you didn't spend, they didn't spend with the the toothbrush in there cleaning off, you know, the sink and getting it perfect, but they's clean. They got a sponge in there. They didn't need the toothbrush. It's QBR. I don't know if that analogy works. I don't know if that analogy works, but the interesting thing with Russell Wilson, he is fourth right now in starting quarterbacks in passer rating. He's fourth, not bad, like pretty good. He's behind Brock Purdy, who's leading in every category right now. He's dominating. Uh, Tua, who has a 70-point game, so it boosts him up and pushes him up pass rating. And they're leading through five like through five games, have some of the most yards anybody's ever had, right? So Tua's up there. And then Justin Herbert, who plays in that Chargers offense. We know Justin Herbert can put up numbers. The Chargers always put up numbers. So if you have all of those, number four in that is Russell Wilson. But if you go to the QBR, he's 22nd in QBR. He is really down there, a, a just a bad QBR. So I, it's an interesting thing. When you watch Russell Wilson play, it's eye test versus stats. His stats are not bad. His eye test is garbage. And the flip of that is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is 11th in passer rating and starting quarterbacks because he hasn't necessarily had the flashiest stats, and he hasn't been able to go over the top of guys. And, you know, he's, he's not just putting it out there and, and killing guys. And, you know, there's drop passes that, you know, passer rating doesn't account for drop passes and things of that nature but he's fourth in QBR so if you look at it if you look at the matchup tonight between the Broncos and the Chiefs you basically have a really efficient quarterback who's really good and wins games and a quarterback who can pad his stats all day long but he's just woefully inefficient and that's why it's a 10 and a half point spread on a Thursday night game, the Broncos are also tanking. I want to get into more of that in the 6 o'clock because we are getting closer to the trade deadline, and some of these teams are starting to make decisions, and the Broncos appear to be the first team to pull the plug on the 2023 season. We'll get to that in the 6 o'clock hour. If you got any more text about that, any teams and trade ideas and all that stuff, you can put that in 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the, specs, or the text line. Sorry, uh, Text us in. Let us know what you think there. Uh, we are going to uh, place you some sounds from Hook'em Up uh, in the next segment. But before we get there, 
let's talk a little Texas football because I want to do some positivity about Texas. It's a bye week. We've talked a lot of negativity. It's Thursday. I want to change the vibe to positive as we go into the next week, as we turn on to the second half of this season and get into playing Houston. A little bit more positivity in Texas. You know, it's it's negative to walk in here at 5 o'clock every day, walk out at 7, and we all feel bad. I don't want to feel bad anymore. So we're going to do some positivity here in the Big Fat Bowl. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. Big Fat Poll of the Day today, guys. 512-447-3776. Who do you want to see step up in the second half of the season for Texas? What player have you seen that's been okay? They can be been okay. They could have been doing good wherever you're at, but just not, not where you want to see them. Like you can, and so it is. You can go from an Alfred Collins, who we've always want to see step up. If he able to come up and and you know be embarrassed by that Oklahoma game enough and say, "All right, I'm coming back," and Alfred Collins is going to be the guy. Do you want to see one of the young guys? Do you want to see Derek Williams be able to come out at safety and, and be able to take it to that next level? Or Manny Muhammad become a top cornerback and really show you what's there for the future? Anthony Hill could be that guy that you want to see. He's been having a great first half, but he can maybe step it up. Is it C.J. Baxter? That C.J. Baxter, you want to see him step it up. And I get, you know, he's young, and Jonathan Brooks is killing it. Is it that? Do you want to see Quinn Ewers get back in the Heisman conversation again? Is it as easy as that? Do you want to see Xavier Worthy go back to being a first-round draft pick wide receiver? Or is it as simple as a Jay Witt or J.T. Sanders? Is it an offensive lineman? It, who is it? Is it a Jalen Ford that you want to see Jalen Ford go and try and be the best linebacker in, in college football again? All of those are options. And I'm not saying Jalen Ford hasn't been a really good linebacker. But I want to see, who do you want to say where you were like, I want to see you take it to another level in the second half for Texas. Who do you want to see do that? Who do you want to see take another step for Texas in the second half of the season? 512-447-3776. We come back. We'll talk a little bit about previewing Houston. Play some sound from this morning from Ian Robbie and hook them up. We'll play all that coming back on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the horn. Back on the Sports Complex on a Thursday afternoon, playing some ACL, ACL Fest artist all day long. Uh, you know, I may stick some stuff in later. We'll see. We'll see what we put in. But we got, you know, we'll see tomorrow will be a 512 Friday, but we've been playing ACL Fest artists all through the week. Text lines open 512 447 3776. Talked a little NFL, talked a little college football. Text line is doing great. I appreciate you guys. It is so much more fun with you here on the show instead of me just rambling by myself without any interaction. I appreciate it. Uh, we get a text. Who is saying Gabriel is in the Heisman talk? That's wild. Oh, you played out of their mind that game, and we didn't show up on time. They will lose two games. They may. I'm telling you he's in the Heisman talk because he is in the Heisman talk. It's not me saying it. It's not me saying it just out of nowhere. Uh, if you go look at the odds, the betting odds for the Heisman, he is now fourth. He has jumped up to fourth. Michael Penix Jr. is leading the way. Then Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, then Dale, Dylan Gabriel, Jordan Travis from uh, Florida State after that, Drake May, who was a was ahead of him to start the season, is sixth. Uh, I believe Quinn Ewers is down to ninth now on that list for Heisman odds. And that's with Texas betters. So if you want to say he doesn't deserve to be there, that's fine. That's your opinion. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't know if I'm going to say he's you know going to New York right now. But after that game, how big that game was, he is now fourth in betting odds to win the Heisman. 
So if, we, if we're just going off of that, Dylan Gabriel is in the Heisman conversation now. Uh, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing that I think it may be a bit over the top uh, just based on one game, but that's kind of how this works in college football. That's the fun of college football. Uh, let's go over Steph Curry unconscious, messed around and had a triple-double. Uh, yeah, Steph Curry's still really good. We know he's going to be good. Golden State is going to take a step back every year to be a little bit harder. But Steph Curry's, you know, one of the all-time greats. I don't say GOAT anymore. Still been overused. But he's one of the all-time greats. One of the all-time greats. Uh, let's go over to uh, Jello Cat. Says, which teams are the biggest disappointments so far in the NFL and college football? And conversely, who is uh, the biggest positive surprise? I don't know in college football. I have to go deeper into, uh, you know, there, there are some teams that are definitely disappointments that you thought would be better. Like LSU would probably be one of those teams that would be at the top of the list of a disappointment uh, that you wouldn't have expected. I think North Carolina is doing better than anybody thought they would, being undefeated, having a great start so far. Uh, you know, Colorado, you know, as much as they had a two-win I believe that was the betting line at the beginning, so people did not think they were going to be as good as they were. Uh, in the NFL, the Bengals are clearly the biggest disappointment so far, and they're trying to try and turn around. I think the Broncos are somewhat, but the Broncos were terrible last year, so they didn't expect it. And, and people were saying the Bengals could be in the Super Bowl this year. And right now, they I mean, they could be a lottery. like They could be a top-five pick right now. So if Joe Burrow is just never gets healthy, then uh, the Bengals would be on that list. If you've got one, someone you've got to send in, and Jell Cat, you can have your own, 512 447 uh, three seven seven six, uh, and I mean, as far as NFL surprises, I I put my Texans on that list solely on the fact that I think you know people thought that thought that they would be the number, like they could be the worst team again, and they may be able to step up and be that. Uh, but other than that, I think we're pretty even. You know, the Cardinals are a little bit better than we thought they'd be, but I don't know if there's anybody else. I'm, I may be missing somebody. If I'm missing somebody, text it in to me. If I'm missing them, uh, I can't look everything up while I'm hosting, so I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, let's see who people want to see. We asked a big fat poll of the day. Uh, we'll get to those answers. Let me play this clip for you real quick, and then we're going to get to your text, 512-447-3776. Uh, I do want to play this clip for you from Hook 'em Up, uh, kind of previewing Houston and uh, giving you a look. This is from uh, this morning, 6 to 11 a.m., weekday mornings, right here on The Horn. Uh, Rob Babers, Aaron Hogan, the best morning show in all of sports radio. Here's some hook them up talking about previewing Houston. Looking ahead. We don't got to talk about Oklahoma anymore. Let's move ahead. Look who it is on the uh, Vaqueros hotline. He is our friend Mike Craven, Dave Campbell's Texas football, the senior writer covering college football at a very high level. Also my co-host on the Eyes on Texas podcast and multicast that is out again this week, a full Red River rivalry recap. Uh, you can find that on uh, iTunes, Spotify, and, of course, at the YouTube channel of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Also on uh, the on Twitter at Eyes on Texas FB, Eyes on Texas Multicast. Mike Craven with us. Mike, how are you, bud? What's up, Mike? Doing, doing good, guys. How are you all? Great, brother. Hey, you were at, uh, before we get to your thoughts on Texas and, uh, and OU, because I know you have a lot of them, but uh, you were at Texas A&M last week and saw the Aggies lose to Alabama in a game where uh, Aggie fans rightfully frustrated, where their team probably outplayed Alabama, but uh, Jimbo Fisher uh, aggravating, aggravating. I think the Aggie fans what they saw last Saturday. Yeah, I think when you combine what was in front of them, you know, with with those decisions, you know, you beat Alabama at home, and you're all of a sudden in the driver's seat for the SEC West. You're a top twenty team. Uh, there's there's talk of like college football playoffs and SEC championships and all and all that kind of stuff after a five win season last year. Instead, you know, you punt three times in plus territory. 
Uh, you settle for field goals in, in situations where I think a lot of people wanted you to go for touchdowns. You, you misuse your timeouts. You keep the onside kick late uh, after kicking a field goal to, to keep it a touchdown game. And so it, it felt like one of those ones that got away from A&M. It wasn't one of those games where Alabama was clearly better and A&M had to upset them. I mean, A&M, A&M was just as good, if not better, uh, as a football team on Saturday against Alabama. And because their coach kind of played not to lose, uh, they ended up doing just that against Nick Saban. Yeah, disappointing. And 108,000, though. You were there. You, that's, uh, that, that's quite the scene when they pack that place and the uh, the press box starts swaying. And uh, uh, that's that, that's as good. I mean, between that and what we saw at the Cotton Bowl, that's as good of uh, of college football Saturday environments as you can find. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I haven't gone around to a lot of the country. I've never been to Death Valley or to Nayland Stadium or anything. But for my money, a home atmosphere, I mean, it doesn't get better than Kyle Phil. Like, there was 108,000, 100-something people there. It, it's just absolutely insane what goes on at Kyle Phil. I can't wait for Texas, Texas A&M to get back playing again so we can see that more. Totally agree with that, Mike. Hey, Mike, let me ask you just real quick, because I know you keep up with all the teams uh, here in the uh, the great state of Texas. The next opponent for the Longhorns is going to be U of H. U of H is going to be in action tonight facing West Virginia. What? Tell me about the, the Cougars, why they're struggling a little bit. Give me your thoughts about U of H. Yeah, I mean, I think they are struggling a little bit for, for reasons that, you know, you're moving up to the Big 12 where the offensive line, defensive line is going to be better. And they have some good players there. Like Patrick Paul, their left tackle, is one of the best offensive linemen in, in the whole Big 12, maybe in the whole country. He's going to be a top, you know, first-round, second-round draft pick. But they don't have a lot of depth after that. They've lost 11 offensive linemen to the portal over the last two years. Um, some of that, you know, on purpose where they're trying to get rid of some guys. Some of that, you know, because other schools are coming in there and, and taking them. Um, and so they're going to have to get bigger on the offensive line. They're going to have to get bigger on the defensive line. Think Texas when Steve Sarkeesian got here, right? Like just the idea of, of not having as many bodies trying to transform from an American uh, conference uh, roster to a Big 12 conference roster. If you ask the coaches there, they feel pretty good about their first 40 players. It's that next 40 where they're going to have to to get better and better and, and exchange some, you know, old G5 level talent recruits with some new Big 12 talent recruits and then give them a couple years. Uh, to develop and, and become Big 12 caliber players. You've been around that program, Mike, down at Houston with Dana Holgerson. Of course, he left West Virginia to take that job and try to take that program to a higher level. What's the level of comfort you have in, in you know that they, that they have in him with Tillman Fertitta, who's kind of a he's kind of you know one of those guys that wants wants results and maybe not seeing it. Is, is how safe is Dana Holgerson, win or lose tonight? I honestly think he's he's pretty safe. I mean, you never know with college athletics, but they're they're investing so much money into other stuff. It's hard to imagining them coming up with the money to buy his buyout. He was he was given an extension and a raise after that 12 win uh, 2021 season. They had a really good year, um, and then they you know they kind of fell off a little bit last year, but still still won eight games, which I think was pretty good for Houston. And so they knew that this first year was going to be tough. I mean, they didn't know it was going to be this tough. You know, I, I think really for them it was losing to Rice. It hasn't been. Their results in the Big 12 that, that have raised some eyebrows of that loss to Rice. But, you know, they're, they're building a new end zone facility. They're building a new practice facility with, like, offices and stuff. Tillman Fertitta, you know, is kind of re-energized into their Houston Rockets. And so I, I think that he's going to be safe, you know, going into 2024, and then that's going to be the real year where we decide this stuff. Hey, Mike, let me ask you about uh, Texas State. Uh, I keep seeing all these great stats about uh, Texas State and that offense. is actually one of the most explosive offenses in the country, uh, and they've had one of the biggest uh, leaps of improvement offensively uh, of any offense in the country. Uh, tell me about the J.G. Kinney offense. Personnel-wise, what makes it so unique schematically? What makes it uh, so prolific? 
Yeah, I mean, another guy to mention there is Mac Leftwich, their offensive coordinator. Kenny and him kind of, you know, mad scientists, that thing. They're mm-hmm. both under 33 years old. It's kind of just a bunch of young guys getting together and, and drawing up their favorite offensive plays and going and running them. You know, it's, nice. it's kind of it's kind of like – it reminds me of like I, – I, this is going to sound blasphemous, but kind of like Mike Leach early in his career when he had Dana Holgerson, Sonny Dykes, and all those guys in the same office, mm-hmm. and they were young. Nobody really knew who they were. They were doing all these weird stuff. I think what's cool about their offense is it's kind of a mismatch of a bunch of different stuff. Like it's got air raid principles. It's got that beer and shoot principle stuff. Uh, they do some option things off of it because of Kenny's time with Gus Melzahn. And so they're just really creative in the running game. They're really creative in the passing game. And I think one of the things that they do well, and this is because they're, you know, pretty much all of them are former quarterbacks. They kind of figure out what their quarterback can do, what their quarterback can't do. And then they just kind of throw away all the stuff they can't do. Like, hey, this guy can't run in plays like we're just never going to run them um, and so they put their guys in positions to to win they call plays that they know suits the strengths of their team and and they're pretty good at adjusting on that yeah gj kenny kind of a rising star at this point after what he did in carnet word and now early on at texas state they had a tough loss on saturday obviously where they gave up two touchdowns in the last five minutes and lost to louisiana the raging cajuns but it seemed like they were in control of that game uh mike before we talk about uh more around the state give me your thoughts on texas and ou we talked about it a lot on the multicast uh, one, kind of one that got away for Texas, their own mistakes, right? What you said all year, and we, I think we all have, only, buddy, the only team that can beat Texas is Texas, and on Saturday you ran into an inspired and passionate Oklahoma team, and Texas kind of beat themselves. Yeah, I think it's a double-edged sword for Texas. You know, on one hand, you made all those mistakes, you lost the game, and that's a bummer. But on the other hand, you know, you turned the ball over three times, you had a goal line stand get stopped, you, you, you had a penalty on a punt that extended an Oklahoma drive. It was basically five free drives. Uh, for Oklahoma in that game. And you're still ahead with a minute and 11 left in, in the football game. And so, you know, if you're Texas, you're just trying to get back to that rematch and you think if you can play a clean game, uh, you're better than Oklahoma. I, I believe that as well. Um, and so for Texas moving forward, I, I think it's just, you know, the same thing, right? Like limit the turnovers, play good defense, run the football. You know, Texas is one of the best teams in the nation. I think we all can agree on that at this point. It's just going to come down to execution, uh, motivation, and, ju- and, you know, just discipline, really, you know, the rest of the way out, I think. No, I agree with you on that too. Uh, the the Big Twelve. Let me ask you this really quickly, uh, Mike. The Big Twelve is this is if you take Texas and Oklahoma out of it, of course, because they're looking forward to the the move into the SEC. Is this as down as you've seen the Big Twelve ever? Yeah, I can't. I can't think of another time. I mean, honestly, whoever wins this Texas Tech Kansas State game this weekend is probably the the lone challenger remaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of think about that, just with how Tech has played this year and, and what Kansas State has been. It's it's definitely a down year. You know, it's a bummer. You know, I'd imagine if you're Brett Yormark and you gave him some truth serum, he wouldn't be too excited about having it this year, right, as the down year he wanted this year yeah. to be one where maybe somebody could spoil that party. But it doesn't look like it. You know, Tech is still in a second year on a head coach. They need another year or two to kind of get better in the trenches. You know, Kansas State lost, you know, Deuce Vaughn, which, you know, I think everybody thought they would just be able to replace him. But you just don't replace a playmaker like that. And so uh, it doesn't look like Texas or Oklahoma have any real challengers, and I would bet – most of my next mortgage on the fact that those two, you know, have a rematch in Arlington in a, in a month. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Early December. Yeah, K-State, Texas Tech this weekend. Jones Stadium in Lubbock is a big one. Kansas is at Oak State in the Big 12 this week. Uh, also, West Virginia and Houston tonight. That's the Thursday night game. What about TCU, uh, Mike? You, you've seen them. You've been up close. Well, you wrote the cover story on Sonny Dykes for Dave Campbell's Texas football. They're 3-3. Three and three. They, they, they lost to that West Virginia team we're going to see tonight. Uh, they they obviously not the same year as last year. We knew they were replacing a lot of players. They're going to play BYU on Saturday uh, afternoon. What's going on in Fort Worth? 
Well, they can't score. You know, I think the defense has been on par with what the defense was last year. You know, not great, but definitely not bad. You know, winning. You know, you can win in the Big 12 with that kind of defense. You know, but last year with Garrett Riley as the offensive coordinator, with Max Duggan at quarterback, they had Quentin Johnson out wide. They were much better along the offensive line. They lost, you know, their guard center, guard starters from from last year to the NFL. And so, you know, know, I've heard people joke, like, pick your favorite TCU player from last year, and he's not there anymore, right? So – they were always going to take a little bit of a step back. You weren't going to go 12-0. and 0. You probably, you know, were going to be an eight, seven-win team because of all those losses that you had and the turnover on the coaching staff. Uh, but I think it's been disappointing because they thought uh, Chandler Morris was going to be better than he was. He thought this offense was going to be more explosive, and they just haven't come up with playmakers. They haven't been as consistent running the football. They've had success running the football, but they've been really bad in the red zone. I think they're like 120th in the nation in red zone touchdown percentage, like, they're worse than Texas in the red zone uh, scoring touchdowns so far. Um, that's just been wow. a bit a big problem for them. They were able to win all of those one possession coin flip games last year, and then this year they haven't. They lost two of those where they didn't lose any of them last year. And so I think it's just thin margins for a team like TCU, and it only takes a player or two or a bounce or two to to go from twelve and zero to eight and four. That's just kind of the parity in college football. Feels like it. And last thing, Baylor, uh, what a mess. I mean, Texas Tech, you know, made it look easy, kind of like Texas did when they went to Waco. Dave Aranda, uh, you know, not in good favor with the Baylor fans, uh, especially with Joey McGuire coming to town and, and beating them around pretty good. Mac Rhodes, their AD, says he doesn't think the team has quit at all. What's what's your read on what's happening in Waco with Dave Aranda? Yeah, I mean, I think this is just the result of, you know, not poor recruiting, but not the recruiting they were doing when Matt Rule, Joey McGuire was there. They don't have Terrell Bernard. They don't have Jalen Petrie. They, they just don't have guys like They don't have an Abram Smith. And so uh, when they were winning the Big 12 championship in 2021, they weren't scoring a lot of points. They, they were playing really good defense. They were running the football, and they were winning close games. You flash forward two seasons, and, and Baylor can't run the football. They don't play good defense, and they're not winning close games. You know, that, that comeback against UCF, seems more like an aberration than, than a, a, a proving point, right? Like it wasn't a turning point of their season. And so mm-hmm. I'm always concerned when the head coach's side of the ball isn't good. Like if you're Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive side of the ball needs to be really good. If you're Brent Venerables, the defensive side of the ball needs to be really good, even during down years. Dave Rand is a defensive guy, and, and the defense has fallen off of a cliff after 2021. It hasn't gotten any better. They don't have a lot of playmakers, and that's always a bad sign when, when that's going on with your head coach's side of the ball. Yep. Yeah, giving up about 38 points a game mm-hmm. in Big 12 games so far this year. Crazy. Uh, that ain't good uh, for sure. Yeah, about 38 a game. Hey, Mike, always appreciate it. Great stuff. I know you're uh, you're on your tour going to 13 different stadiums over 13 weeks uh, of college football for, for a, a coffee table book you're putting together with Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Where are you going this weekend? I'm going to Texas State. Going to see uh, Texas State versus Louisiana Monroe. A, a fun fact about this tour, I've now been to six different stadiums on this tour. The home team has lost every single oh, time that's yeah, you're the kiss of death brutal. mike you're the kid the kiss of death for the home team yeah they may not let me <laughs> keep coming to these games uh but texas state is a 17 point favorite so we're going to really test that theory this weekend all right buddy all right dave uh mike craven uh, check out the eyes on texas multicast also all of his stuff at dave campbell's texas football the republic of football texas network man covering all the teams 13 of them now in the great state including sam houston as they've joined the fun thank you mike appreciate it my Thanks, friend mike. there guys all right, there's Mike Craven, uh, at Man, Craven Mike stuff. on Twitter. He does. It's always good to get his – he's covering these coaches and talking to these coaches and teams daily. We, we, we you know, microscope Texas, mm-hmm. but uh, keep an eye on what goes on. Mm-hmm. Mike has got the deep dive around the uh, state of Texas. Good stuff there from Hook Him Up with Ian Robbie this morning. Mike Craven joining them. Giving you a little preview of Houston as we give you a little bit of it this week. We'll get much more into Houston next week. 
Uh, that's what's there to talk about. Uh, if you're following Texas football, not a lot, but we're going to get to your, quest- your questions, your comments, uh, the big fat poll of the day. Uh, we are asking you, uh, who do you want to see step up for Texas in the second half of the season? Could be anybody. Could be someone who's doing good already. You want to see taken to another level or someone you feel is underperformed taking to another level. Put that in. 512-447-3776. We will hit you back. Start reading those texts. We come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons on the Horn. Waking up to kiss you Back on the Sports Complex on the Hornplane ACL Fest artist all through the week until we get to 512 Friday tomorrow. Bringing it back. we got a few minutes to read some of your texts before we come back in the 6 o'clock hour and read some more of your texts. We'll get to some other stories. Uh, we'll get to all of that. Any, if you've got any questions, anything you want to be hitting the 6 o'clock as well, hit us up. 512-447-3776. As well as the question of the day, the poll of the day, who is the player you want to see for Texas step up in the second half of the season, really step up and be a star. We talked earlier about you know people didn't believe that Dylan uh, Dylan Gabriel is now uh, in the Heisman is he fourth in Heisman? Quinn slipped to ninth. Do you want to see Quinn get back in that conversation? Uh, we'll hit the text line over here. Uh, we get a text here that is saying uh, Sark. You'd like to see Sark step up in the second. I don't. I think this has been one of his better years. But yes, red zone Sark, red zone Sark, a hundred percent. You want to see Red Zone Sark step up in this game. Uh, West Texas Andy says, Ewers and then Catalan. Yeah, I, Catalan, I, he's been on a pitch count. So hopefully that count will go down. I know he gets hurt in uh, the Oklahoma game. So hopefully he'll get a little bit more healthy. And But that pitch count will kind of go down. I know as much as Sark is saying there's not a pitch count, it seems like there's a pitch count. We all believe there's a pitch count. So whatever Sark says, we may not go with it. But I agree with you. I'd like to see Catalan step up too. And I think that would be just a little bit more playing time and being able to step up, especially see some of these teams uh, that may not have the talent level uh, of an, of some of the teams he's already played. Uh, my man Chan over here. Uh, Longhorn positivity. We don't play this weekend, hence no chance of losing. Yes, yes, that is uh, that is always the positive side of of a bye week is we cannot lose. However, off a loss, you'd really want to win. You really, really want to win. Uh, Big Cheesy, your reference uh, for Steph Curry was about me playing horse with Ty. Check that video tomorrow at, at the Horn Austin. I believe it's our YouTube channel at the Horn Austin on YouTube. That'll be a fun video coming out tomorrow. I don't. I I never thought that the outcome was in doubt. I never thought the outcome was in doubt. Me playing horse with Ty. I don't know. There's a few people at the station. Like I think Mike Harge, my old boy, my old guy. I think he could have maybe maybe up there, but I don't know how many. Maybe Zay. I haven't seen Zay play in a long time. Maybe Zay could. I don't know how many people I'm too worried about. Aaron Hogan was supposed to be part of it. He he had a headache, couldn't get it, couldn't get out there and, and shoot with us. But maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll get a game of uh, horse with Aaron Hogan at some point. We'll get back in and, and go show some more and beat some other guys. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying I beat Ty. We'll have to watch the video tomorrow. <laughs> but I'm talking about it. So who knows? Uh, for Locksmith Alex, outside of the state of Texas, what do you think uh, gets a higher rating Saturday? ALCS game one or Giants in Buffalo? I would say Giants in Buffalo would. I, I know that people want to hate the Astros. If you're hate-watching the Astros and you feel the Rangers could get them, then maybe that'll get some more. But I think football's got to beat baseball still in the ALCS. It's World Series. World Series might be able to beat out NFL. But the ALCS, I don't know if that's going to be able to beat out uh, the NFL. Another one from our poll of the day. 
Sark and the secondary. Yeah, the secondary is a whole. I think the safeties is really what you're talking about. And you may be saying the whole secondary. Go get it all stepped up. Ryan Watts being out in that Oklahoma game definitely hurt. Uh, but yeah, getting the safeties just to clean up that get you know too many miscommunications and and Jaron Thompson has so many good plays. He has the one play in the back of the end zone in that game though. If he makes that pick, it could be a completely different game. So Jaron Thompson, seeing him, if he just can you know. So one of those things you worry so much about in sports is consistency, consistency, consistency. And, you know, it, it's different between you could be the greatest player of all time one day, and at the next day you're below average. I can't put you in my lineup every day. And Jaron Thompson is one of those guys that plays so, so well and then just isn't able to get over the hump on some of the other plays. You'd like to see that get cleaned up a little bit, as well as some of the other safety plays. I don't want to single him out, but he's he's definitely been on – the bad part of highlights too many times this season. You'd like to be able to get in there. Uh, we got to take a break before we get back to the 6 o'clock hour. We're off at 6.45 for Vandegrift pregame. Uh, so we will get to that and uh, give you up for them versus Round Rock. But before then, more of your text, 512-447-3776. We are asking you which Longhorn you'd like to see step up in the second half. If you've got any, if you've got any picks for tonight's game, for the West Virginia uh, Houston game that is about to kick off, uh, t- give us your picks for that. If you got a pick, for tonight's uh, Chiefs Broncos game, if you think the Chiefs are going to win by twenty, do you think they're going to cover ten and a half? Send us in on that five one two four four seven three seven seven six. And uh, if you like F one, make sure to listen to this promo that I'm about to play. Getting out of it, not telling you what it is, but you probably already heard it on the station. If you're a good listener, and I appreciate all you good listeners, uh, we'll be right back to start off the hour two of the Sports Complex right here on the Horn one zero one nine and twelve sixty the Horn app and hornfm.com.